Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live, coming to you from the studios of Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, coming up on 21 years serving Jesus here in this community with all the ups and downs, lefts and rights. God remains faithful. Isn't that great? That's why we celebrate Christmas and why we're having in-person services Christmas Eve. You are invited. We have services scheduled at 2 p.m., 4 p.m., and 6 p.m. Services will last about an hour. They're in person. We'll have reasonable distancing uh, and registration. We opened early. So if you want to register for your family, family-style services, go to our website, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. Remember, Christmas Eve is a week from tomorrow. Of course, you guys listening on Truth FM, Hope FM, uh, the dates don't necessarily apply because you get this show uh, aired a week later. But we are we are getting ready and ramped up. Very excited to worship Jesus together. Uh, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, and what a year it's been. What a year it's been, and we want to go out celebrating. We want to go out encouraged. We want to go out strengthened in the inner man and the inner woman. We want you to bring your family and friends. Um, Of course, that is for everyone and anyone. If you haven't been to church, you haven't been back to church, why don't you start this weekend? And come back to in-person worship uh, by faith. How's that? Just by faith. If you're not immunodeficient, you're, you know, you you aren't in a super high-risk category. Come back. Uh, you're shopping at Costco. You're shopping at Safeway. Come back. Maybe you even go into the office. Come back. Worship. In the word, it, it can you serve the Lord at home? Yes. Is the church a building? No. Can you, um, you know, you can serve the Lord anywhere, right? By praying, like prayer puts you anywhere in the world. However, coming together as the church was invented by God, not man. And it's, it is different. It is different. I've watched online. It's not the same. I mean, and I listen to the radio. You listen to the radio. It's not the same. It's good. It's kind of like vitamins. You can't live on vitamins, but you need them. Um, so, you know, come on back. 
Uh, at Calvary Church here in Aurora, we are requiring masks. Um, it's just one of those things where we're dem- demonstrating in a, in a way to our community that we care about them. And we care about those that are in the building. We are cleaning. We're taking care of business. We're extra cleaning, extra wiping down, reasonable distancing. Um, You know, it's not entirely easy right now, but man, we got a great team. So give me a call. I haven't even given the number yet. I'm sorry. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Text me 720 336-0897. Three three six zero eight nine seven. I talking about Christmas Eve. Go to calvaryco.church. Register. Be here. We want to know you're coming. Uh, let's worship Jesus together, uh, and let's just go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Thornton, Colorado. Anna, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I just What's had up? a question about backsliding. Um, really, okay. I'm someone that backslides a lot and I find myself in this vicious cycle. Um, and when I'm like in the word and close to God, I feel like I'm unstoppable. And then when like my emotions become too hard to handle, then I just go back to my old ways. Um, so I guess just maybe there's other people out there that are getting discouraged by this time and they really, um, they really have gotten discouraged and they really don't believe in themselves. How can we get back to that place where we're right with God again? One of my favorite passages, because I think what you're describing uh, is pretty normal for a lot of people. Maybe for you, it's more emotional for other people. It's more practical, you know, whatever our, whatever our personality is, the enemy seems to be, you know, chipping away at our personality. And you said a couple things as you were describing it, that's so important is that as we're facing these temptations, these difficulties, I I think especially in a year like this, how hard it's been, how challenging it's been, the key is how we make our choices because our choices are going to lead us either closer to the Lord or away from the Lord. And uh, what I found when temptation comes toward backsliding or just even not even, maybe not even full bone full-blown backsliding, just kind of maybe before we ever backslide, we just get lazy. You know, we might go binging on Netflix or we're not in the Mm -hmm. Word every day. We're not praying every day, you know, and that leads, that repetitively leads to really bad stuff. But I think one of the passages that just encourages me uh, in, in the temptation to backslide or be lazy myself is in John 15, where Jesus says in verse one, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. But every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. And then he says this, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And so Jesus made it super easy for you and me to stay in a place where we bear fruit, and that is abiding in him. And we can abide in him in good times, and we can abide in him in bad times. You know, we can abide in him when we're emotionally charged and just hurting. You know, emotionally charged could be hurt. It could be anxiety. It could be fear. Um, But how we respond 
to those things is really going to dictate the direction of our life. And creating good spiritual habits that will carry us through the tough times because we're all gonna we're all gonna face tough times. Um, we're all going to to be tempted to take things in our own hands or tempted to do things on our own and 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 so abiding in him and and how do we abide you know the word means to stay put and and i know that one of the greatest times of temptation that came in my life wasn't tied to my emotions it was tied to grief and i remember um, even every i would read the bible almost every day not i can't say every single day but almost every day and i i wasn't even getting anything out of it you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. we read the Bible and you're like, oh, I look what God gave me. Oh, look what God gave me. There were days where I would just read it. And I'm like, man, God didn't give me anything. But I was obeying God even when and especially when I didn't feel anything because I was mm-hmm. trusting that God was going to carry me through. And I was doing what I could do because I could watch TV. And I did a lot of watching TV during that time. But I also was in the word. And then I talked to God. My prayer, My prayers weren't that pretty. Um, you know, I'm glad I didn't record them because some of them were really rough as I was expressing myself to God, but I was still praying and I was still staying connected even though I was going through a tough time. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, cause I, I guess it's just that being obedient part that's difficult. And every time you backslide, you think, man, is this the time where I'm never going to get back and ruin my life? But um, I guess it's just staying consistent in reading the Word and praying and fellowshipping yeah, with other believers. Believers do go through stuff like we, and maybe some of the experiences that you've been having aren't backsliding at all. They're just drifting. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews to be careful lest you drift away. And, you know, I, I, I reserve backsliding that phrase to really describe like a, a rebellion toward God's and maybe what you're experiencing more is drifting away and kind of getting caught up in things. But if you examine your life, you'll see a lot of ways that you do things. You know, and I think here's the key. Here's another key that pops into my mind right now. A key to steadying on with the Lord is to learning to do the hard thing yeah. and learning to do things I don't want to do. Yeah. Because that's when I start making choices for myself— then I'm in big trouble. Exactly. And it's the hard thing, you know? And so like, you know, I'm sure you pay rent or you, if you stop paying rent, you don't enjoy the house. Yeah. And so that's probably a hard check or a hard direct deposit every month, but you make it because you know it's the hard, you do the hard thing so you can enjoy the rest of the month. And I think yeah. enjoy, if you looked at your walk with the Lord as enjoyment, you're like, I want to enjoy my relationship with God. And God says, well, these are the parameters by which you'll experience joy. You're like, okay, all right. Even if I don't like it, I'll do it because I know the end result is joy and peace and perseverance through the tough times. Yep. I think um, I saw something you posted the other day. It was like obedience equals joy or something Mm, like that. It's true. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Ed. Okay, Anna. God bless you. Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. You know, that's a common, that's really super common, um, the drifting away. And I think we all go through drifts. Sometimes it's uh, moment by moment. I was just talking to someone right before the show, 
Um, well, actually, I've been on the phone all day today. So um, sometime today, I was talking to someone <laughs> and I mentioned how um, the COVID crisis has become a reason of excuse in many believers' lives. Whether that means they're not in fellowship anymore, physically, whether that means they're not giving of their tithes or offerings, whether that means they're not giving of their time, whether that means they're not looking to connect. I mean, think about what what a what a negative thing for the those in leadership of our world to say, don't talk to people. Don't talk to strangers. I'm sure you've heard that. Don't don't interact. The numbers are going up. Don't interact with strangers. That is exactly the opposite of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is exactly the opposite of the mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That and you and I we have to learn to discern all these voices that are coming into our heads. And we're like, we read on the, you know, see on the news, don't, don't have anyone in your house. What? What? What What do you mean? Don't have anyone in my house. The Bible says, and and you just got to, you and I, I mean, not, not you, we, let's put it that way. We have to learn to listen to God, no matter the consequence. And one of the traits and values of a believer in Jesus Christ is his and hers, his and her her hospitality. What do you mean not having it in my house? My house was made to have people in it. Yeah, but what about the virus? Well, you will take precautions or we'll agree collectively that in, for those in our house right now, we will, we will forego that for the sake of fellowship. I, I don't know. I was staying in someone's house in California as a guest and they required, um, no, they didn't require it. They requested, and I'm sure it's a requirement because it was their house, um, but they requested me to wear a mask in their house. What did I do? I wore a mask to honor my, but they were so hospitable. And so there's a way, like there's a way to obey God. And we just got to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord. Um, so I, I thought, Anna, that's a real, I'm so glad that you brought that up in your own life because, you know, we all have our triggers where we momentarily drift away and maybe even backslide, you know, maybe walk away and maybe get into stuff that we shouldn't be getting into. And, um, but may the Lord help us and strengthen us that we don't drift. That was, that's even a warning, uh, in the Bible that you be careful. Let me look it up real quick. Um, uh, in Hebrews chapter two, verse one, it says, therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. So that was the counsel that I gave to Anna that we need to make good decisions. We need to be obedient. Um, when uh, abiding in Christ, he says, be more earnest. The time of this crisis for 2020 is more earnest, not less. Uh, more earnest. Let me just see what this word earnest is. 
I love my computer program. I can just right-click a word. It's the word that means abundantly, exceedingly, much more, more frequently. Uh, and that, that makes sense, right? So if you read it that way, you're like, hey, we need to do this more and more and more and more to the things we have heard, the word of God. And obey him. Just obey what we know. Don't worry about what we don't know. Just obey what we know. And some of these things like coming out, like don't meet. What do you mean don't meet? We're going to meet. And we're going to do our best to be cautious and careful. We're going to have patience with one another. We're going to show preference to one another. We're going to be humble with one another. Uh, and we're not going to be guilt, you know, laying guilt trips or anything on people. I, I was speaking with a sister who's battling cancer right now. She can't come to church. So I'm not telling her to come. She, But actually, she wants to come. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm agreeing with her family. If she were to catch COVID, it's a high probability with all the chemo that she's taking. That, But, you know, she's crying. She can't come. So let's go down or let's go up to northern Colorado. Matthew's calling. Matthew, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Um, yeah, I'm... Calling in regards of, uh, I'm totally being attacked by uh, spiritual warfare right now because being totally submissive with God, and then God called me into uh, you know the ministry, and I'm a night minister now at uh, at our chapel there for truck drivers over the road, and and uh, now I just finally got our final uh, decree from the court for our divorce and. And and I, I love my wife and I love my kids and um, you know the court the court does what the court's going to do they, you know it's sure. it's 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 what Caesar you know but uh, the, the the problem is is it, it adds up to more than I I even make and uh, I just got those papers and uh, I just said a prayer I'm parked on the side of the road right now so uh, it's I'm on my way to our church because you know I got to do the night ministry so it's uh it's it's pretty it's pretty you know crazy the the fact that it, it all adds up to like you know six thousand dollars a month and i only make three thousand a month and uh it's like wow you know uh, i totally know that the enemy's like yeah so where's your god now and i'm like you know mm. you're, you're not you're not coming back in my life and i'm not falling back into the old ways and and I, and I and I sympathize with the first caller that of, of backsliding because right now the enemy is totally trying to come in my thoughts and like oh yeah you know you read the Bible you preach to people and 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 you minister to people and and now what what are you going to do now and I'm like yeah, yeah. God's sovereign you know and, right. and he's he's in control <clears throat> of this whole situation and anxiety and and worry is not one even thought in my head and and good for you, you know, it's, it's so awesome to know that god is totally in my life and even though that it's like a battle of finances but you know i am uh, totally submissive to god and i give him my tithes and all my time and i'm yeah. you know it's it's pretty amazing, especially going through Melchizedek last night and 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 really reading about his mysteriously popping up and and uh, it's just like okay, well, God God is sovereign. So I'm asking for all our awesome uh, faithful uh, followers of Christ to uh, lift up the A Bear family and uh, you know just uh, I, I I leave it all in, at the cross. You know, at, at you know, I leave it in his hands, but uh, 
God was like, you know, you, you need to call Pastor Ed and, you know, air this on the airways and and totally have everybody um, just pray about uh, God will provide a way, even when there's no way. Like, literally, there's no—I mean, it's before Christmas, and they're asking for $8,000 before the end of the month, and it's like, wow, how, how in the world? But you know what? God, I am faithful to Him, and He's faithful to us. So— there we go. Let's pray. Let's pray. Yeah. Father, I pray for yeah. my brother as he just experiences all the thing, all the emotions and ups and downs of, of a divorce and uh, the difficulty of separation Thank and you. adding it to it, the things with money. And uh, Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And I know that according to your word that you will provide for all my brother's needs according to his riches in Christ, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And so I pray, God, that you would... Uh, uh, give him that uh, sense of peace um, that passes all understanding because we've chosen to obey your word when it says, be anxious for nothing but in all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. And, And I just pray for that guarding of my brother's mind and that you would show him mercy uh, in this both personally and practically. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, Pastor Ed. And uh, okay, brother. Yeah, it's you know God's calling me in the ministry, and you know I'm being faithful to that. And then you know that's that's totally one of those things where we can't see it, especially when we're being called in to minister to other people. And and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm thankful for uh, this this uh, prayer line. And uh, thank you so much, Pastor Ed. And uh, God bless you. And uh, you're amazing. And God, okay, brother. God's, God's even more amazing. So, God bless you, man. <laughs> bye bye. Right, you, <sighs> you know, it is um, very difficult and challenging. And, you know, the Lord, He carries us through. And holidays, I know, um, makes things even more challenging. And I pray that God would encourage you and strengthen you. Um, it reminds me that to let you know that the book that we worked on um, called God's Help for the Troubled Heart, we finally finished it. And it's our privilege to make it available to you. So whether you're listening on Grace FM or you're listening around the country, um, I think it's an important tool. And we're grateful that it got finished right before Christmas. And um, um, we haven't finished with the website yet, so here's how you can get a copy of it. You can go to edtaylor.org edtaylor.org and there's an article there uh, where you can click it and click through to get a copy of course if you guys are here in Colorado you can always stop by one of our services we have them available here at Calvary Church Uh, and you can go to edtaylor.org edtaylor.org it's my personal website and I posted an article penned it right there with information on how to get it make it available to you uh, that the Lord would <clears throat> would would encourage you. Um, seven and a half years ago, my son passed away and plunged our family into deep grief and pain. And there are other circumstances surrounding that that made it makes things even worse. And you know, so what, the the book was burdened in grief, but it was written through the comfort of God. And God is so good and so faithful to us. 
And it, that we lose sight of that in the midst of pain. We get it's kind of like Joseph, right? You know, you, he's thrown into a pit, and and then we walk by and go, oh, "Don't worry about it, Joseph. We know the story, man. Things are going to get better. Things are going to get. It's going to take some time, and you're going to get out. You're going to think you're going to be saved, but then you get sold, and then you get then you're going to be accused, then you and then you're going to get thrown in prison, then and then you're going to be forgotten, and you're like, he's like, dude, just get me out of the pit. I don't need, I, I don't know what the story is going to be. And you know, you don't know what the end of your story is going to be. And you're in the pit right now. And, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're in the pit. It's a horrible place to be. And it can be very dark, very difficult. Uh, you could be going through a divorce. You could have a prodigal kid. You could have your finances tank. You could be isolated and alone because of this dumb COVID virus that is both uh, challenging and on the one hand and all the government government overreach on the other hand. I mean, you, you could go, you could be in any from deep, deep grief to sorrow, sadness, and the Holy spirit wants to encourage you. I'm reminded of what the Bible says, you know, and this is, these are those passages that just come to life uh, where, you know, you, you never think they're going to be for you, but they are for you. And, and it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Isn't that such a great truth? That word comfort is parakalesos, which you know, it's a formation of parakaleo, which is the same word that's used to describe the person of the Holy Spirit, where God is going to come alongside of you. He is going to come with you. He He's going to encourage you. He is going to strengthen you. He's the God of all comfort, all strength, all encouragement, all exhortation, whatever it is that you need in the midst of your pain. Why? Well, notice, he says, he comforts us in all our tribulation. All. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So the brother's calling. He's like, man, I'm going through it. I'm facing it, and I want to get into the ministry. Well, this is training. Some people have the privilege of going to Bible college. Some people have the privilege of going to seminary. Most of us learn our training through the school of hard knocks. And even the ones in seminary and Bible college, with all that training, they too go through the school of hard knocks. And we receive the comfort of God so that we might be a comfort to others. So we have open lines here. I'm coming up to the end. That's why I'm not taking the next call. But we have an open line, 303. Actually, we have no open lines. Uh, so I'll get back to the phone lines because we're coming up on the break already. Uh, but you know, who's next? Uh, Jeremy, you'll be next. Then David, then Janelle. Um, and then, of course, you guys. Let me do, let me do a real quick. Um, can Satan use Scripture to try to condemn us? Yes, uh, he can use scriptures against you. Um, he can twist them. He can lie about them. And how can you know the conviction uh, from condemnation? Well, first of all, um, the a simple difference between conviction and condemnation is conviction puts sin in its right light and drives you to the God who forgives. Condemnation uh, makes you the center you know, when you're condemned, when when you're dealing with condemnation, you're thinking about yourself. Uh, woe is me! 
uh, and you don't deal with the sin, and condemnation becomes a self-condemnation becomes a sin on top of it. So you know, conviction comes when it drives you and leads you to the Lord. Condemnation drives you away from God. And then I did a Bible study. I did a series called "Get Get Our Free App." And look up the series Free From Your Past. Free From Your Past. And I list quite a few things uh, in Romans chapter 8 about, uh, and I teach through that study on no condemnation. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It's in the series Freedom, Free From Your Past, or you can just look it up in Romans. We teach verse by verse. So those are available to you as well. Um, so give us a call. Uh, well, phone lines are full. So when I get back, I'll take your phone calls. We'll talk about Christmas again. We'll talk about the book, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. Made it into the top 10 yesterday on Amazon. Wow. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome to the second half of today's program, taking your calls and your questions. My name is Ed Taylor. This show is where you call in. We talk about things that are on your heart and your mind. It's live here from the Grace FM studios in Aurora, Colorado, Uh, and anywhere else you're listening this other than online, it is a week delayed but you can call while the show is on because it's live. We'll take your call. We'll answer it on the air no matter where you are around the country, even around the world. And you'll hear it air one week later on Hope FM, on Truth FM, and wherever wherever um, you can listen to this, even um, live streaming from gracefm.com. All right, let's go to Platteville, Colorado. Line three is Jeremy. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. What's up, man? Hey, um, so I just had a quick question slash prayer request. Um, right. I was just wondering if there'd ever be a CBI in Colorado, and if not, maybe some prayer for that? There might be. Yeah, I think that it's a great program. Um, it kind of comes back to the—it it, it was uh, the birth through the CCA, through the Calvary Association, with Pastor Gerald and John— Randall and Don McClure, and it's kind of a throwback to the early days of the Bible College. Um, and so maybe some church around here will host one. Okay. Cool. Where's Platteville? Yeah, I wasn't sure exactly how it worked or, you know, yeah. Where's Platteville okay. at? Um, it's by, it's, it's about 20 minutes south of Greeley. Greeley. Maybe Pastor Jeff will do open up a CBI. Yeah, that's that's where I go. So maybe I should talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, ask him. I mean, let's. We're going to pray right now, but it'd be worth asking. I mean, the way it would work is a church would would adopt the program and then take it from there. I mean, that's really not. Uh, there's not a lot of structure or anything to it. They would just take the program, uh, and Gerald and those guys would send out whatever curriculum they're using, and and um, a church would would adopt it. Hmm. Okay. So let's pray for it. Lord, I pray God for this desire that Jeremy has to see a CBI open up the Calvary Bible Institute. And so I pray for the wisdom of those that are leading it, especially Gerald in particular. I know his heart is to see it branch out and go in different places. And so we not only we pray that 
Uh, Pastor Gerald would have a heart to send here to Colorado, but also there'd be a church, like just the right heart, like the right um, Calvary that would adopt it, uh, oversee it, and champion it for the sake of training uh, young people and perhaps not so young people in ministry for the sake of the gospel and and even in what's on Jeremy's heart, Lord, how you how he desires to grow in you and grow in grace. So I pray that and lift that up to you, God, and look forward to hearing uh, and watching how you answer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor Ed. Let me know what Jeff says. Yeah, I will. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, man. Right. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. 303-690-3000. It's a neat story, you know, with Calvary Chapel Bible College. That was birthed by the heart of uh, Pastor Chuck. Uh, Chuck Smith, the founder of Calvary Chapel, and and it was a uh, training program, non-accredited, that was designed to equip young people for the work of the ministry. And over the years, the Bible College has changed. It's becoming accredited now. Um, they moved it to the campus in Murrieta, California. Um, now they're going to be selling that campus and moving the Bible College, and it, it's just changed over the years. But then CBI started out um, out in Joshua Tree. And it went back to the roots of the original Bible college. It's, it's kind of what we have here at Calvary Church. We have the uh, we have a school of ministry. It's very similar to one year program, but it's designed for people that don't have to live on property. Like we don't have a place to do it on property or anything like that. But who knows what the Lord has to? Who knows? It's um, it's very interesting what God's doing in these last days and training up. So exciting. All right, uh, we're going to go to Greenwood Village, Colorado. Uh, David is on the line. David, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. What's up? Um, I just had a quick question. I was driving yesterday, and I heard a song lyric from, uh, I think it was a King and Country album. And okay. um, the lyric said, uh, your birth, opened up the gates of heaven. And I thought that was a, a great lyric, and I thought of gratitude instantly, and I was thinking, well, what happened to everybody uh, prior to the birth of Christ, and what happens to people? You know, I believe, uh, well, you know, I, I know a little about Scripture. It says something about uh, Christ's return when everybody hears the gospel, something like that. Um, so what I was, what my thought process was, is, you know, it's the people that don't hear it and the people who were born before Christ, um, how, how, how does heaven apply to them or are they, you know, are they, did they get into heaven or how did, how did that work? And, uh, and I'm sure I could research it, but I'd like to hear from you if, uh, Well, there's a couple, I think there's a couple of questions wrapped up in what you're sharing. Um, First of all, that lyric, I think, is probably more metaphorical than time-stamped, right? And, and 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 a way to understand the, what happens in, after physical death is to think of it in the eternal state. Like a person doesn't cease to exist when they physically die their soul continues on and it continues on in one of two relations don't don't think of it only in proximity or location but think of it in relation to god 
They're either going to be in fellowship or in connection with God, or they're going to be eternally, or they're going to be eternally separate from God. And then, of course, the Bible does begin to talk about proximity. The Bible does give some indication on location. And prior to the cross, the the eternal state of the dead, the righteous dead, went to a place known as Abraham's bosom. That was separated by a big gulf. And the unrighteous dead, those that resisted God, the pagans, the, the those that were not in relationship with God by covenant, they went to a place known as torments. Um, and the torments and um, the gulf and everything was in a, is in a place called Hades. Um, you know, we kind of we refer to separation from God as people going to hell, but technically that's not the proper usage. Um, it's it's kind of like today when you say for, you know, that you should give your tithes, technically that's not the proper usage of that word in the sense that uh, it refers to something very specific, just like Haiti does. When Jesus died, the Bible says in the book of Luke that he went to Abraham's bosom and he set those captives free so that now Hades is only one compartment and it's where the unrighteous dead go and they are eternally separate from God. And the righteous dead, those are there in relationship with God, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and that's where you you and I will go when we die. Are you with me so far? Yeah, yeah, I am. So that was the first part of your question. The next Great. part of your question that I heard was, the what about people that don't hear, people that don't know? Um, that's technically not possible, because the Bible speaks of God giving himself a witness to every human being. Um, he's given the witness of creation. He's given the witness of, of a person's conscience, an internal barometer of right and wrong. And if, if we choose to follow either one of those, then God will give the light of Christ. So a person will have to give account for their lives. And when they give account for their lives, they will do so um, before God, the righteous judge, and God will reveal to them um, their penalty for their sinful ways, especially if they have rejected him their whole life. That's great. Um, and <clears throat> that, that gets, that's really good information. I'll, I'll continue to study. Um, so we're, and we, we are saved by grace, Correct. not by works. Correct. Um, when we're judged in the end, um, do you think we'd oh. be judged and then... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to phrase this question. I, I just, I'm sorry, I just That's came okay. up with a different question. I thought, I, I, I thought you dropped for a second there. It's like, was... um, no, it's, it's like, so if, if we are being judged and we're saved by grace... Um, what hat? I mean, I just wonder what it's going to be like. I suppose um, is well. The Jesus Bible declares the mediator. The, the, is he going to come in there? <laughs> the just, Bible. Just, I don't know. I was just thinking. We have separated for us in the scriptures two different judgments. 
There is a judgment for the unrighteous, and there's a judgment for the righteous. The judgment for the righteous is known as the great white throne judgment. Uh, You and I won't be there. Um, Believers in Christ, those that are living by faith, will not meet God at the great white throne, which is the judgment for those that rejected God their entire life, and they'll receive the due uh, penalty of that rejection. You and I, as believers, will be at a judgment known as the Bema seat, Christ, the Bema seat of Christ's judgment, where our the judgment over our lives will be not what we have done uh, with Jesus Christ, but how we have lived as believers in Jesus Christ. Um, it's a it's a pretty powerful thought that our our works will be judged, uh, how we lived out our faith will be judged. Um, the Bible declares it, um, and listen to how it, how it's described. And once I read it, I'm sure it's gonna um, let me let me find it here. I, it's gonna sound um, very familiar. In First Corinthians chapter three, he says in verse eleven, "For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ." Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. And it's like, it, it, the closest thing I can come to in a, in, a, in a normal realm is like when you go in for your annual review at work, you're not being judged of whether you're employed or not. You wouldn't have the review if you weren't employed. So that relationship already exists. The review is how you worked. And if you did well, then you're rewarded for it. And if you, weren't, if you didn't do well, then you suffered loss. And that's the biblical principle that that's the practical principle that's far greater in a biblical way. You're not you're not going to be judged like the unbeliever. You have a special judgment on you as a believer, and that is not whether you were saved or not. It's like, okay, we I know you're saved. Why'd you waste your life? Yeah. Or you know, maybe not. Maybe it's the other side. It's like, you know, some things were burned up, but many things that we thought didn't make any difference. That kind word, uh, that that simple gesture, like that that cup of cold water given in Jesus' name. Like, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised at the Bema Seed. I don't think it's going to be super negative. I think it's going to be super positive. Mm. That's great. That's... Uh... Thank you for telling me that. That's um, that's something I'll remember for a long time, and I'll continue to uh, learn more. And, and you know, I've been praying for wisdom. And, uh, oh, good. Uh, I think that's that's an answered prayer right there. And you know, I I it was just weird. I was you know when I was driving, I listened to that lyric, and I thought I'm going to ask this eventually, and then just the timing worked out and everything. So. Thank I'm you glad for, you did. Yeah, well, thanks for telling me. That's great. Um, All right, brother. God bless you. God bless you. We'll see you. Um, I go to Calvary Aurora every once in a while, and I appreciate the in-service uh, 
you guys have an answer with uh, questions, so, um, I'll be there. Well, you're always welcome, yeah. man. All right, <laughs> bye-bye. You. So good. God is so faithful to us. And I think that that, um, even as I was listening to myself answer, like the Bema seat isn't going to be as negative as we think it might be. Um, I mean, I'm sure it will be for some. You just see everything burned up. But the beautiful thing is, is I made it. The Lord is faithful. But, I, you know, I don't want to waste my life. I, I want to, I was just texting a friend of mine today. Um, you know, I want to finish my race well. I just don't want to finish it. I want to finish it well. I want to run all the way through and take as many people with me as possible. 303-690-3000. Christmas Eve at Calvary. We're going to be here in person next Thursday. It's going to be awesome next Thursday. So register now, would you? Uh, We're going to be meeting at 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 6 o'clock. Reasonable distancing. Yes, we are requiring masks. Um, You'll get used to it. Believe me, you'll get used to it. And... You know, no matter what your view on it is, face shields, face masks, whatever, however, whatever you're using, um, like it, it's it's simply to create an environment where our focus can be on the Lord, and we don't need to look around and see who's wearing, who's not wearing. I don't care. I don't. Uh, I don't. I can't believe it. It's like the, the, the we are going to require it, and you'll get used to it, and you'll be so caught up in the presence of the Lord that you'll love it. And it's time to come back to church. If you can, please come back. Go back to your church. Go back to your Baptist church. Go back to your Pentecostal church. Go back to your Methodist church, wherever it is that you're hearing the Word of God taught verse by verse, chapter by chapter, where there's passionate worship of God, where there's unity and strength. Go back. It's time to come back. Um, you know, we've we've got to make our decisions to please the Lord, period. And that's that. And, you know, we can interpret that a lot of different ways, but Jesus ter- said it this way. And I think if you do this, the Lord will bless you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And that's that. Let's do this. We, we come back. You can come back tonight. We have service tonight. A time in the Word, a time in worship. We're singing songs uh, because the theme of Pastor Ian uh, has helped us with this year for Christmas is the joy to the world. So we're singing songs in different languages. Uh, we're remembering our missionaries. Uh, we are um, singing a song. I haven't been able to be back to church yet, but I'll be, I can't wait to get back and be together and know the Lord is with us. So register calvaryco.church for our services. Uh, Let's see here. Line two is Janelle has been waiting faithfully. Janelle, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. I'll try to make my question real quick because I have a prayer request also. Okay, Um, great. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about your vow, and if you've made a vow that... um, your husband can release you from it. Is that an Old Testament concept of making a vow? I told a it friend is. one time that I would not let her go into a nursing home as long as I was living and that I would make sure that she was taken care of. And um, I hope that she um, is able to go with me. I'm 
fixing to move to Wisconsin, and I gave okay. her the opportunity to go with me. So if she doesn't go, I really feel led of the Lord to go, and I feel okay. like God has told me to go. But I don't want to break a vow to her. And I gave her the opportunity to go with me, and she well, good. said she probably will. That, that I hope she does. Um, I think that the principle that covers that commitment you made to your friend is what Jesus said. Jesus taught us to let our yes be a yes and our no be no. And I believe, as you describe the situation, uh, making this available to your friend, and uh, I'm sorry, was it your friend? I missed that part. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Making this to your friend where you said, I, I want to take care of you. I'm going to, yeah, you made that commitment to her. You, you could call it a vow. Um, and now as God is moving you on, you, you aren't abandoning her. You say, come with me. And it looks like she's going to be able to, and you're doing everything that's possible um, to create an environment where she can come with you. You can keep it. You want to keep your word. And remember Jesus, he looks at the heart of the matter more than he looks at our commitment and who knows, maybe she won't be able to come with you in six months or a year and you can send her help or you can, you can do a lot of things that will honor your commitment. Um, it doesn't have to be just one way, right? But the best way would be for her to come with you. So let's pray that she does. Yes, let's do. Um, my, and I, my prayer request is about that situation. I'm not, I'm not abandoning her because I feel called to go somewhere, right? It wasn't a false guidance thing. It, it doesn't sound like it. I'm, I'm not involved in all the things, the parameters of what you are facing right now, but I, you inviting her to go with you does not sound like abandonment. Okay. And I just need prayer because um, I'm so overjoyed. God has just really been teaching me how to love people with his agape love, and it's mm. it's totally awesome, and it's like he's made me into a totally brand new person, even though I've been a Christian for years and years. So my prayer is that God would help me to get there. I, I don't really have a way to um, earn extra money. I'm totally blind, and I'm living in a retirement community here in the Springs, and... Um, so, but I really have a heart to go, and I'm just praying that either the money I have is adequate, which isn't much at all, or that God multiplies it, or that somehow um, money comes through for me for my trip. All right, well, let's pray for God's provision. Father, I pray for my sister as she asks for provision in this move, and, and just that newness of laying these things before you, of praying through them, of gaining your permission, your release. And I pray by, the, by, by your will, Lord, I pray according to your will that you will lead our sister and that she will not only keep her vows, but also follow your leading. And as you're putting it all together, that God, you would lead and guide her and be the provider for all of her needs as you have been and you will continue to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Okay, sister. Bye-bye. All right. We've got Christmas Eve services. Don't want you guys to forget here at Calvary, Aurora, Colorado, Hampton and Tower. We're going to be 
celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ in person, in person. Did I say in person? We'll have reasonable distancing. We are requiring face coverings, yes. Um, and we will come together. And uh, while I was in Watts a couple weeks ago on a mission trip, I heard that our governor decided to declare churches essential. Um, but don't be too excited about that because we don't need our governor to declare our churches essential. They are, by default. They're essential. Um, they're more important than Costco and more important than Safeway. Um, the effect and impact that you make as the church of Jesus Christ, not just the gathering. Don't think of church, oh, just coming together. You are the church. And as the church, you are essential. God wants you in the community that you're in. He wants you serving the people that you serve, and uh, you are. So keep being essential. Just be the church. And yes, we gather together, but that's not only the church. Gathering together is where the church comes together in one location or where two and three are gathered together, or where there's a prayer meeting, or you open up your home. And you know, this you've got to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. Don't you listening to the to the government saying, you don't say hi to anybody, don't have anybody in for Thanksgiving, cancel your Christmas. I don't think so. Uh-uh. That's the exact opposite of the Bible. The Bible says that we're to be hospitable, that we're to be loving and giving and generous. We're to be helpful. And yes, listen, we're going to find a balance, right? Because we're going to honor people. If we're going to, we're going to wear a face covering. Well, but I don't like it, Ed. I think it's covering. I can't talk. Hey, I know, but I'm going to do it because I'm going to show preference to you. But it, they don't work. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert in all that. I could find studies on both sides. I just know that I can share the gospel more effective in the culture that I'm in when I'm wearing one instead of not wearing one. Um, I, I see the culture changing around me, and we just have to remember we're on mission for Jesus Christ. Remember that. We're on mission. God has put us on a mission, and we do things that we don't want to do, and we do things that are hard. Um, we do things that are challenging. Well, you know, if I wear a covering, a facial covering, a mask, uh, my doctor says I can't. Well, then get one of those plastic ones. Well, I don't want to. I, I know. There, you can always find a way. You can always wear one of those. I mean, they found some. Uh, I saw some of the t um, our team have one where it has a little eyeglass thing and that you put it on like eyeglasses and it's just a face shield. Uh, it's just one of those seasons that we're in as a culture. And I promise you, if you and I went to the Philippines and we were planning a church and we were walking around in the Philippines and, the, and they told us, well, if you dress this way, people would respect you. And if you learn the language, people would respect you. And if you bought a pink tent, people would come because they love the color pink. We would change our clothes, learn the language, and we'd be meeting in a pink tent without any compromise. Well, why? Because we are meeting people where they are. That's what we're doing. That's what you do with the gospel. You're meeting people where they are. Yeah, but I don't like it. Well, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't like it either. But it's not about me. I'm about being a bridge for the gospel. And so at any rate, we're, we're meeting. We'll meet tonight, 7 o'clock. Come on out. Hampton and Tower. We'll be meeting tonight. Bible study, worship, communion, prayer, singing. I, I don't know what I should have asked Pastor Ian today. What language is being highlighted tonight? What foreign language is being highlighted tonight? Um, but 
We're going to highlight a foreign language. Why? Because it's joy to the world. <laughs> and then I want to let you guys know, uh, Christmas Eve services, register now. Uh, go to calvaryco.church. And our book dropped, finally, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. It is, uh, the feedback on it has been very positive. It broke in the top 10 on the leading Christian, or on the leading uh, book site uh, recently. Um, in the topic of Christian grief and uh, encouragement. So we're grateful for that. I know that uh, we made it available last week. It, uh, and it'll be available at our church. And if you want to order a copy, you can go to right now, you can go to my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. And uh, I penned a, um, a little copy of the introduction there. And it is called, I titled it God's Help for the Troubled Heart, and it's pinned there right there with a picture of my precious family, all of us holding pictures of our son, my son and their brother. Uh, God's Help for the Troubled Heart, available now, and it's right there on the homepage. Just click it, and then there'll be some ways that you can click through. You can also order it through uh, any of the social media. Just go to the link in bio, and it's all there. So uh, we want to make it available to you. We, we have a store we're working on. Uh, but we haven't launched it yet. Coming soon, coming soon. And um, appreciate being back on the radio with you. Love you guys. Love serving you. Uh, warfare's heavy, crazy, resistance, attacks, all of that. But the Lord is coming back. We're going to serve him. We're going to finish our race well. Are we not, church? We are going to finish our race well, period. End of story. Power of Jesus. Abide in him. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.